you're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Hey, welcome back to the camp house at Kinder Outdoors from the vineyards, campground, and cabins, our home away from home on beautiful Grapevine Lake, Texas. Hey, we kick off the show with really good news. I'm sure you've heard it by now. Uh, late Tuesday evening, the House voted in favor of legislation that strikes down the Biden administration's decision to block federal funding for school shooting sports courses. It was a 424 to 1 vote. The House approved the Protecting Hunting Heritage and Education Act. 216 Republicans and 208 Democrats voting in favor. And just one lawmaker, Representative Veronica Escobar, a Democrat, I'm ashamed to say, from Texas, voting against. Fox News was the place I heard it first. Front Door to the Camp House is brought to you by Calming Care from the trusted name Purina. Calming Care very gently works over time. It is not a drug. It very gently works over time to settle the overactive dog, the overbarker, the overjumper. If that's your dog, check into Calming Care. While I was in Birmingham, Alabama for the Crappie Expo, the news about Louise Shockey passing away started traveling around the hunting, fishing, and conservation world. Louise was Jim's wife and the mother of Eva and Brandlin. She passed away on September 21st, one week ago this past Thursday. It was not unexpected. Louise had been sick with cancer for several years, but that doesn't lessen the hurt. She and Jim were married November 30th, 1984. And she was a lady in every sense of the word. So many times when I would work with Jim, he on stage, and she quietly sitting on the back row supporting him. I'd have fun with her on the microphone from time to time. And she always played along as I gently poked at Jim a little bit. But she never wavered in her support and deep love for her husband, Jim. Our condolences to Jim Shockey and Eva, Branlin, and all of Louise Shockey's family. Jim's uh, wife is out here, and we just want to know a couple of things. Uh, since we're on such a high professional level, does Jim snore? How are you doing? Uh, Do you think we, this is a little too personal, right, Louise? Hey, we call it purring. Purring? He purrs. Oh, my gosh. Jim purrs. I like that. So, like, in the morning, Louise, you say, you know, Jim, uh, you really were purring last night. Uh, you know, I don't you maybe... like the way that this whole thing's going right now at all. <laughs> this, is, this isn't part of it, is Please it? Please continue. Do you ever have to remind him to take the garbage out, or is he pretty good about that? Um, we kind of have separate things. <laughs> he does. When I ask him, of course he does. But uh, he's usually gone so much, or we're gone so much, that it's usually not a problem. Okay. Yeah. I know you guys eat a lot of wild game. We eat a lot of wild game in our home. What do you prefer? What do you like? Got a good recipe you can share? Yes, I um, I, I love the I love moose and deer. That's basically what I cook at home for red meat. Um, ooh, I make a lot of. There is a. Mm, I make a lot of things with it. A favorite, love? Uh, I like my moose ribs. That I cook, but Louise, everything Jimmy she cooks is wonderful. Thing, Stir fries, uh, 
It's the ribs. <laughs> he cooks one thing, and that's the ribs? That's the ribs. So, yeah. um, anything with, I love the, the burger for it's just so, it's no fat in it. And uh, I, I, I think if you mix it with uh, some good spices and a little moisture and oils and that, I, I, it just, it, it's the best. We fed our, our family and now our grandchildren and... Um, and we give it to people who can't go out and, yeah. and hunt. So uh, um, I think it's the best meat. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Uh, how about grandbabies? Do you have a positive opinion of grandbabies? Um, bring them on. <laughs> they're, they're wonderful. I finally found out what uh, all grandparents are saying. Oh, it's so good. It's because you can get things ready before they come, and then when they come, you can just be totally focused on them on the floor go back to your child and go outside you know run through the grass look at a flower so that's one of the beautiful things the difference you know when a parent you have to think okay breakfast lunch dinner did i bring them to a show you know have i read them a book um this is what i think makes uh, grandparenting so special you just get into where they are and it's so beautiful to see life again yeah, and everything amazes them everything's new the stuff we take for granted you know plus when they stink louise you just hand them back to their parents right <laughs> um does jim change those diapers no 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 not helpful jim no, no I'm, it's not it's not my strong suit I, yeah the green stuff so far louise has taken out the trash while you're letting the baby I know, stink. Well, while her snoring husband. Yeah, and I know, snoring. I know. Yeah, this yeah. is really great. Yeah. Louise, yeah, good to see you again. Nice to see you. We'll all miss Louise and her gentle, quiet, graceful spirit. Thank you to my friends at Forta Flora for bringing us to this corner of the camp house at Kinder Outdoors. Forta Flora, America's number one canine probiotic. Learn more about Forta Flora when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com and that's K-I-N-D-E-R like kindergarten. Hey, we're going to revisit some of our favorite conversations on Kinder Outdoors today. Let's grab a cup of coffee and meet right back here. Good morning. This is Larry Wysoon, Mr. Whitetail. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Ken Kirkaby needs to be in your deer blind, camp house, or favorite fireside chair. An outdoor author that understands and lives the outdoors. In Red Stick 1, Florida game warden Virgil Clary takes off his badge to track down a killer in the wilderness. Christopher Camuto of Gray's Sporting Journal calls Red Stick 1 a tightly written novel of pursuit and redemption. A pleasure to read. Ken Kirkaby's books are gritty, realistic, and action-packed. The Tournament, Red Stick 1 and Red Stick 2, all available on Amazon. The Quail Coalition has drawn the line. Quail decline stops here. South and West Texas and Western Oklahoma are the last strong natural regions for wild bobwhite quail. We've all watched the drastic decline across the southern states of the iconic bobwhite. The Quail Coalition has vowed to do all within human power to not only stop quail decline, but build a future where the quail will flourish across all of its original habitat. If true quail conservation is important to you, please visit quailcoalition.org. Consider a membership, attend one of our fundraising banquets, and please consider starting a chapter in your home state. 
Together, let's sustain and restore huntable wild quail populations. Let's encourage and educate interested youth. Let's keep the most brilliant quail minds on earth working on a bright future for our quails. The first step, visit our website, quailcoalition.org. Marksman Firearms and Outfitters' mission is to guide and educate customers, whether they're new to firearms or experienced, skilled shooters. They take the time to teach you which guns will properly suit your needs, as well as how to care for them to ensure the longevity and quality of your firearm. At Marksman, they believe every customer deserves a place to go that offers the largest variety at reasonable prices, with staff that's truly knowledgeable and always puts the customer first. For more info, go to MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about the all-new Add-A-Hook by Bullet Weights. The Add-A-Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the Add-A-Hook next to your fishing line, then wrap the line five times around each side, pull your line into the clips, and bam, you're ready to go, and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. Add a hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. Mr. Crappie and Bullet Weights has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Weights has a full line of Mr. Crappie double mental rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie Troll Tech rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com. Ag Texas. The name itself says trust, honesty, strength, and tradition. Ag Texas has from the get-go been dedicated to the prosperity of agriculture and rural America. The Ag Texas family can help grow your herd or your operation. Give us a call and talk to Ag Texas Pros about risk management in the form of crop insurance, protecting borrowed capital and savings. We specialize in everything from dairy cows to pecan trees and have the right financial tools and knowledge at Ag Texas to help you grow and grow safely. We can't tell you when it's going to rain again, but we can assure that your crop, your cows, your family, and the family land are secure and protected no matter the storm or the dry spell. We are agriculture at Ag Texas, and we look forward to visiting with you. Ag Texas is at agtexas.com and just down the road. truck half the fun is just getting there kinder outdoors this corner of the camp house brought to you by a product that i've used for years and it has worked 100 percent of the time that i've used it with my dogs fortiflora america's number one canine probiotic fortiflora we're revisiting some favorite conversations that we've had through the years with different folks today one of the smartest things i've ever done was ask outdoor writer Ray Sasser to sit down in front of the recorder with me and just read some things that he had written. We did that for several years, cherished time. And now that he's gone, these recordings mean even more. The best proof for the creation theory of intelligent design lies in this irrefutable chain of facts. 
There is a Bob White quail. There is a dog that points quail. And there is a 20-gauge shotgun. It's too perfect to be random. That's a quote from Bubba Wood, long-time bird hunter and a very close friend of mine. Bubba's right. It's so perfect, in fact, that most serious quail hunters would rather go afield without a shotgun than without a dog. Some veteran bird hunters pay exorbitant hunting lease prices in order to exercise their dogs. Oh, they may shoot a bird now and then, but they mostly shoot because the dog expects it. They're like a ballet dancer who no longer pirouettes but lavishly supports the arts, giving young dancers a stage to pursue their passion. At the Westminster Dog Show, there's a sporting breed category that includes pointing dogs. Though the dog show pointers and setters are so poofed up, they bear little resemblance to their hard-hunting brethren. Put a Westminster pointer in a West Texas quail field, and it would look as out of place as Paris Hilton working as a sonic car hop in Paris, Texas. One weekend during hunting season, I walked down the center aisle of a kennel loaded with real pointing dogs. The birds raised a deafening din as they lunged around their wire enclosures with such enthusiasm that centrifugal force might have held them in place had they known to run straight up the side and across the enclosed top. They weren't clamoring to be fed. They were aching with every fiber of their being to be taken hunting. Everything about their body language delivered the same message. Put me in, coach. Pick me. Pick me. I can find those birds. Bird dogs will endure indignities and hardships to make the A-team. Turn them upside down on a booting table and they'll quiver impatiently as you tape rubber boots to their feet to protect them from grass burrs. Strap a beeper collar around their necks so you can locate them in dense cover and they'll ignore the intrusive electronic beep, a sound as annoying as the backing up klaxon sound emitted by heavy equipment. I've seen bird dogs perforated by porcupine quills bleeding from thorns, swollen from snake bites, hobbled by grass burrs, ripped open by barbed wire fences, shot by careless hunters, gassed by skunks, mauled by feral hogs, and exhausted from running the equivalent of a marathon three days in a row. All they asked in return was a dry, relatively warm place to sleep, a meager ration of dog food, and enough clean water to slake their thirst. The very next day they were anxious to do it all over again. I've been privileged to follow behind many good pointing dogs. T. Boone Pickens once had a pointer named Ethel. He spelled it E-T-H-E-L, but her name should have been spelled E-T-H-Y-L, as in high octane. Ethel had the advantage of finding birds on one of the greatest quail ranches in existence, but so did her kennel mates. Ethel found more quail than the other dogs, and she looked better doing it. She ran with an elegant gait that made it seem like she was floating over the sandy soil. Once birds were located, Ethel had an uncanny sense of how to trail them without bumping the cubby. I don't think I ever saw her bump birds by pushing them too hard. When the iconic Pickens was asked by a business reporter when he first realized he was rich, the lifelong quail hunters answered, no doubt surprised his interviewer. I knew I was rich, he said, when I realized that I owned 35 bird dogs. Any good bird dog can smell quail, but the innate ability to work birds well comes from within the dog. It cannot be taught. It certainly can't be passed along by a guy with a whistle and no idea where the birds went in the first place. If Ethel was the best English pointer I ever saw, then Jack is certainly the best setter. Jack belongs to quail hunting guide John Cox, or vice versa. According to Cox, a horseback specialist who treats his horses like dogs, his dogs like children, and his hunters like barbarians, 
Jack was not a prodigy. When Jack was a pup, he couldn't pass up a porcupine, recall Cox, as our horses followed the muscular, rangy setter across the sand hills of the Oklahoma panhandle. I thought the dog was stupid, and he'd wind up blinded by porcupine quills. Then one day Jack had an epiphany. He pointed five cubbies in a row. Just like that, he came across another porcupine. He thought about tackling that porcupine, but it's like a light came on in his head, and he suddenly knew what he was supposed to do. He left the porcupine and looked for more quail, and he's never tangled with another porcupine. That's Jack over there on the far hill, so far away that he's a white spot as he works back and forth into the wind. Cox lets the dog run that big because the graceful setter is a team player. Also, because arguing with Jack about where he should be hunting would be the canine equivalent of arguing string theory with Stephen Hawking. Jack slows his ground-gobbling pace and stops in a sort of tentative point, tail-wagging, looking across the hill toward our horses. What's he doing? I ask, unaccustomed to seeing a tentative point from the champion bird finder. Oh, he's telling us there's a cubby down the ridge from him, said Cox. He'll wait for us to get there, then he'll pin them down. We kicked the horses into a lope and quickly closed the distance to Jack, still wagging and looking over his shoulder. When we were within 50 yards of the dog, he started forward into the wind, moving cautiously for another 100 yards until he froze in a point that left no doubt the quail were right under his nose. On numerous occasions, I've watched Jack run with his various brace mates, and the result was always the same. The other dog was on Jack's team and occasionally pointed a covey. In other strings... Jack's partner might have been the MVP, most valuable pointer. But running on Jack's team is like swimming on Michael Phelps' team. There's no doubt who's the star of this show. Jack's running mate is like Tonto to the Lone Ranger, Chester to Matt Dillon, Scotty Pippen to Michael Jordan. Jack is so good, Cox sometimes wonders if his running mates are demoralized just to be on the ground with a dog they have no chance of beating. Here's another thing you can't help but wonder after seeing a dog like Jack or Ethel. Why would a scientist waste time cloning sheep? Sheep look identical and seem to reproduce just fine all on their own. If we're going to clone anything, for God's sake, people, let's clone these great bird dogs. At the very least, let's set up a loaner program so every quail hunter has a chance to hunt with a great dog. I once hunted with a true southern gentleman named Ben Parham. Ben is a builder in uh, LaGrange, Georgia, and speaks with a soft southern drawl. He grew up hunting birds with his father during a time when wild quail were plentiful in rural Georgia. Ben recalled a wonderful story that his dad told about growing up in a small Georgia town where it seemed like everyone owned a good bird dog. There were plenty of quail and the bird dogs of that era got enough work on wild birds that most of the dogs were at least competent. On Saturday mornings, Ben's father told him, a guy who didn't have a dog could drive down to the town square around 8 a.m. There would usually be a bird dog or two roaming the square. At that hour, it was clear that the dog's owner had to work or had some other kind of family business to take care of and wasn't hunting that day. So the dogs just drifted downtown like migrant workers awaiting a day job. It was common practice just to open your car door and load up a likely-looking bird dog. You'd hunt the loner dog all day, then bring it back to the square and let it out when the hunt was over. It was also customary to stop and buy the dog a hamburger or some other juicy tree as payment for a job well done. Most bird dogs are like that. They'll hunt for anybody who will take them to a bird field. The most impressive points come when the dog is covering ground like a cheetah coursing a gazelle and suddenly turns downwind of a cubby. No Italian or German sports car can go from 30 miles an hour to a dead stop as quickly as a bird dog. They whip around in a contorted, mid-stride point 
nose toward the bird's body pointed elsewhere. When a seasoned bird dog disappears into a plum thicket doesn't come out on the other side, you'd better go looking for him. What makes a dog point birds when its predatory instinct must dictate that it chase the birds? What makes a bird hold tight to cover when threatened by what must seem like a different colored coyote? You may as well ask why planet Earth is a perfect distance from the sun and rotates on its axis in such a way that spring follows winter. It's too perfect to be random. Hey everybody, it's professional angler Ot Defoe. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Hi, I'm Corey Mason, CEO for DSC, inviting you to the 2024 DSC Convention and Sporting Expo. Again, we will be at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center in Dallas, January 11th through the 14th. This celebration of conservation, education, and advocacy work is enjoyed by outdoors men and outdoors women from around the globe. Do you want to hunt Alaska, Africa, Scotland, or even just down the road from home? The DSC Convention and Sporting Expo will feature outfitters from every spot you can dream of. Fine art, clothing, jewelry, gear, and terrific opportunities await you and your family this January in Dallas. Nightly banquets, fabulous auctions both in person and online. Raffles for dream trips and gear. The 2024 DSC Convention and Sporting Expo at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center in Dallas, January 11th through the 14th. Get more details about the auctions, banquets, hotels, and more at biggame.org. Get off the beach and into the action. Enjoy world-class Costa Rican sport fishing with Carib Sea Sport Fishing, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and more. Inshore, offshore, overnight, seamounts. Carib Sea Sport Fishing will work with your group to customize the perfect trip. Half day, full day, every day. Your next getaway is the best ever. Take a look at catchafishincostarica.com. Catchafishincostarica.com. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder. If you offer goods or services to the outdoorsman or woman, Kinder Outdoors is the perfect place to spread the word. At Kinder Outdoors, we reach tens of thousands of hunters, anglers, and outdoors folks each week that would appreciate hearing about you. For more information, visit KinderOutdoors.com and click the Advertise button. Then, view our media kit. Outdoor gear and skills are in high demand right now. Let us hear from you. If you love to hit the woods with a bow in your hand, now is the time to visit Cinnamon Creek Ranch Archery. You know, it is a buyer's year. And what I mean by that, no matter which brand you choose, whether it's a Hoyt, Matthews, PSC, Bowtech, it's going to be a good year to purchase a bow because everybody has something really good to offer. When you visit with the pros at Cinnamon Creek Archery, you're talking to guys that live this stuff day in and day out. We are a try-before-you-buy shop. Not to mention, altogether, we've got a well over 100 years of experience. So it's something that we do on a daily. I know I hunt two or three times a, a, a week, whether you know it's season or not. So we can definitely help you with that stuff. Cinnamon Creek Archery has practice ranges indoors and out. The static bags is just a range that has distances out to 100 yards. 
we also have four 3D courses. Each one of those has approximately 20 targets on it. We have a 30-yard upstairs range, and we have a 20-yard downstairs range. Come see us right now at CinnamonCreekRanch.com. At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled, but we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids, and in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures' young lives changed. Kids that just were not into school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of outdoor adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics and they smile while learning. If you want outdoor adventures in your local school, contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com. For the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me, heroes who charged into battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore. Men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth, who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place. Our office is a bass boat. Tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Kinder Outdoors. We've been doing this show for a long time now, and it's really, really hard to sit and try and narrow all of our great guests down to just a few favorites. But because of time, we have to do that. But any Kinder Outdoors best of list would be incomplete, I know, without Granny Bullard. Hello, Miss Glenda. How are you? I'm just doing good. You look younger. Are you getting younger? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be good, wouldn't it? (laughs) It sure would. For folks that don't know you, uh, I want to tell folks who Granny Bullard is. I first met you. Well, first I met your son, Glenn, at at the processor, at Cinnamon Creek Processing, years and years ago. And we got to talking. We were both there picking up a deer, and uh, and he said, you need to meet my mother. And he was right. That's been one of the biggest <laughs> blessings of my life, meeting you, and I, I just love to be around you. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> now, you didn't even start hunting until you were in your 70s. 77. My goodness. Why did you start hunting at 77? My husband had passed away, and... Uh, 
Glenn wanted to spend more time with me because I was lonesome, you know. And uh, so he came in with a crossbow, and I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> I said, what is that? <laughs> and he said, Mom, it's a crossbow. I'm going to teach you to use it. And he created a monster. 77 years old and shooting a crossbow. Yes. And you haven't looked back since, have you? No. No. (laughs) And you've been very successful. Think back to that very first hunt with that crossbow. Were you able to harvest an animal? Did you kill an animal that very, very first trip? Yes, I believe I did. A white-tailed deer. Okay. Yeah. And... And so you enjoyed that, and I and you're a real good cook. I bet you did some good things with that deer. Wow, we did. Yeah. <laughs> the chicken fried steaks are wonderful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you said, I want to go again, and you just kept going. Yeah, we kept going. Uh, <laughs> and then he found places for me to go, you yeah. know, to get other kinds of deer. Yeah. And And you don't just hunt with the crossbow. I know you do still hunt with your crossbow. I mean, it's bow season now, and you've been out hunting uh, already this year. Uh, But you don't just hunt with a crossbow. You use other other means as well. Yes, I use a rifle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, When folks come in your house, and they can go, they can see the picture at my website, kinderoutdoors.com, but... There's black buck on the wall, and there's pronghorn antelope, and there's a big old elk, and there's axis deer, and there's lots of whitetails, and there's turkeys, and all kinds of critters. Are those your son Glenn's trophies, mounts, or yours? Oh, they're not. They're my trophies. (laughs) My goodness, and how old are you now? I'm uh, 88. That's quite a collection. In 11 years of hunting, 10 or 11 years of hunting, that's that's quite a collection. Well, it seems to attract a lot of attention when people come here. <laughs> oh, goodness. So the goal was to spend more time with Glenn, your son, and family time. And, boy, that's been a big success. Hasn't it? It's been a blessing. Yeah. Yes, it has. That, uh, hunting has spent not only time together but quality time together in a deer blind when you're sitting there together that's not watching a ball game that's not distracted in any way it's together time yes it is you sure raised a fine son yes i did (laughs) i I raised the best yeah i tell you i had three fine sons but this one has been such a blessing to me yeah he, he's going to make sure Mama doesn't get left behind. You, she, she's going to go to the deer blind and go out and have fun. He loves his Mama. Yes, he does. <laughs> and love I love my son. <laughs> now, out of all those critters, let's talk about eating, okay? Okay. Which one of those critters tastes the very best to you? I like the axis deer. See, I fell in love with you the day I met you, and now I know why. We both love those axes, dear. Oh, man, they are so good. Aren't they good? I tell you, I fixed a meal here with, um, I, I don't believe that was an axis. It was the the whitetail. But I tell you, I made some gravy after I got the, oh, it was to die for. It was so good. <laughs> What's the key to cooking wild game? Because you can't really cook it like beef, 
Can you? you? You don't want to overcook it, I guess. No, you don't overcook it. But uh, I, what I do with uh, the chicken fried steak, I, uh, of course I wash it good because it has quite a bit of blood in it, you know. And then I put buttermilk on it uh-huh. to tenderize it, you know, let it set in the buttermilk uh, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and they turn out all right. Oh, yeah, I believe they do. <laughs> I don't have any left ever. <laughs> oh, that that's uh, that's a lot of fun. That's good. What's one of the more memorable hunts? I know that they're all special memories, but what sticks out? My elk. Yeah? Yeah. My grandson, That I know that's going to be one of the highlights of his life because he was so proud of his granny. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was it was wonderful. Uh, I just went down there and I used a shooting stick. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Whose shooting sticks do you use? Well, Jim Chalkies. <laughs> That's who. And I got it over at the Fort Girardi. Oh, yeah. Okay. Out there, it's close to Mineral Wells over yeah. there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. He fixes. He keeps my bows up for me. Okay, yeah, and I pay him with banana pudding. Okay, now, hey, and that's the best banana pudding on planet Earth right there. Oh, well, you know, uh, you have fed some pretty famous people with your banana pudding. Uh, wow. Jim Shockey and Larry Wysoon and Craig Boddington and Ivan Carter, all those boys that like that banana pudding. I believe they do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you started hunting at 77 years old and you've had a lot of success, and you still enjoy it, and you still go, but you're on a walker. Does that make it hard? You you have to have a little assistance getting around. I would think out in the pasture, that's kind of tough, or climbing up in a blind. Uh, it is a little tough, uh-huh, but we get it done. Yeah. Uh-huh. Glenn, thank God for Glenn, because yeah. <laughs> he, he helps me, you know, with this walker, and we go early yeah. to get in the blind. Uh, because I am on the walker, yeah. but didn't bother my arms any. And yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. And and you uh, you still are out there getting it done. You just shot a big old pig two nights ago, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. That was my second one. Uh, Your second pig. Second pig over there at the Muir uh, Ranch. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Very good. Well, all of them are in trouble if you're in the neighborhood. I'll tell you that. Uh, for sure. How, how did it feel when you got the call from us saying, hey, we want you to come join us on stage at the Dallas Safari Club with Jim Shockey and Larry Wysoon and all these big names from the hunting world? Well, I said, I don't have a bit of business being here, but I do thank you for asking me. And you were the star of the show. Well, I- I don't know about that, but I had some pretty good stories to tell. She makes the best banana pudding and sweet and hot pickles that you ever put in your mouth. Granny Bullard. (laughs) And by the way, she just took second place in the Big Buck Contest at the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza. Her picture with her second place certificate is on the bragging board at kinderoutdoors.com. This corner of the camp house brought to you by the world's greatest dog fuel, and that's Purina Pro Plan. Long before I talked about it, I fed it. 
Crow Plan is at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. This is Jim Zumbo, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. When that buck of a lifetime finally shows himself and your years of preparation successfully collide with golden opportunity, you'll want to preserve that memory for a lifetime. Make sure that you're as well prepared for what happens after the shot as you were leading up to it. Don't take chances with your taxidermy work. Roy Holdridge and True Life Taxidermy in Granbury, Texas have taken care of my fondest outdoor memories for more than three decades. Fish, fur, feathers, all meticulously brought to True Life. The finest details matter to Roy and the artist at True Life, Granbury. True Life has been called upon to handle the precious memories of hunters and anglers from around the globe. Interstate and international trophy transport is turnkey with True Life. And they can handle all of your wild game meat processing as well. True Life Taxidermy, 4303 East Highway 377 in Granbury, Texas. And online at truelifetaxidermy.org. Pigs, white-tailed deer, exotics, livestock. The pros at Tejas Ranch Fence have long-lasting answers. Fences today that we're building are wires have warranties of 20, 25 years. But the coatings that we're using on fences today are triple the protection of coatings that were used 25 years ago. Protect your investment with the very best. Learn more at TejasRanchFence.com. At Marksman Firearms and Outfitters, you'll find a large selection of firearms, ammo, optics, and accessories. Buy, sell, or trade. Our mission is to guide and educate, whether you're new to firearms or an experienced, skilled shooter. Our knowledgeable staff and quality service are the best in the business. Military and first responders get a 10% discount, and we offer free 90-day layaway. Visit our Marksman stores in Granbury, Mansfield, Killeen, or Wichita Falls. Make your mark at Marksman. From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock, you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth, and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. NorfolkResort.com Winter at the lake is a wonderful thing. The still, quiet solace of the woods and water at Grapevine Lake offer the perfect opportunity to slow the season down a bit. Tucked away behind a secure gated entry and snuggled on the still shore of Grapevine Lake is the national award-winning Vineyards Campground and Cabins. Full hookups, lightning-fast Wi-Fi, and cable TV at every campsite and cabin keep you connected even when you're getting away. The vineyard sites and fully furnished cabins are the perfect place to kick off the new year and enjoy the great outdoors. Our unique location makes you feel far away from the hustle and bustle when you're just a few blocks from historic downtown Grapevine. 
the Christmas capital of Texas, offering shops, restaurants, and all the sights and sounds of the season. Cozy cabins, spacious pull-through sites, and a camp store on site to provide whatever you need. Always keeping your health and safety a priority. Come enjoy nature's original way to social distance. Come see us this winter. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com with a 10-inch drop time. Y'all go on inside with Kinder Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder. Thanks for hanging out with us. Drop by the website, kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R, kinderoutdoors.com. Sign up for our monthly sneak peek, cool chances to win stuff, and the latest news from around the camp house. kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. When I heard about what Rick Elsington did up in North Dakota back in 2019, I knew I had to talk to him. It's one of the most remarkable hunting stories you ever heard. It's almost like the hunt of a lifetime combined with winning the lottery. Boom! Rick, good to have you on the show. Thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, Hey, what's your weather like in North Dakota uh, today? Uh, It's in the 30s. Pretty nice day out, actually. Yeah, that's a warm, balmy day for you guys this time of year. Yes, time of year. <laughs> uh, you never know what a day will bring. Uh, you you went out and shot just a, a mammoth moose, took this moose with your bow uh, a few days back, and uh, it turns out it's the new state record. And uh, first thing I have to say to you is congratulations. That's got to be pretty thrilling. It is. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I just got off the phone with it. Pope and Young, actually, and uh, I was going to order a plaque, and they said it's actually the number one in the United States, at number 49 in the world. Oh, That's my cool. word. Oh, no kidding. Double congratulations, yeah. man. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got a picture of uh, Rick and his new Pope and Young, U- number one in the U.S., uh, moose. What species of moose uh, was this? It's a Canadian moose. Uh-huh. And I guess you've been hunting moose all your life for a long time? No, uh, North Dakota, you, only, you can only get a once-in-a-lifetime tag. Really? I've been hunting other other big game for the past 20 to 30 years. Yeah. So how many times have you been moose hunting before this? Uh, never. Never? <laughs> I've, asked, I've helped other guys out. My uncle got a tag here five, six years ago, and I helped him get one. That was about it. Wow. This story just keeps getting better all the time, Rick. It's awesome. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the day that you took your, your moose, you weren't even planning to hunt, were you? It was just kind of a spur-of-the-moment deal? Well, I was headed out. We had been uh, spot uh, watching two other pretty good moose, and I was going to put a stand up in that spot, but our river bottom had been flooded. And it was just so muddy, I couldn't get it in there by myself. So I was just going to wait for my buddy to come down. He was going to help me get it in there. This one was just standing on the bank when I was headed back up river. And uh, he turned and headed for the headed for the hills. And I knew of a back channel that I could go about a quarter mile away. And uh, I ran up that with my boat, beached the boat, and jumped out. And I could see him just coming through the willows. He had no clue I was even there. And he got about. I suppose it was 10 yards inside the willows. 
and it gave me about a 25-yard shot through a like a basketball-sized hole in the willows, and I was able to get one into his chest and got a lung that way. Wow. Wow. What, yeah. a, what a hunt. You know, it, it, we're talking to another guy on the show uh, today. Uh, he shot the new state record uh, West Virginia whitetail with his bow, big, beautiful 17-point buck, and he had hunted that uh, that particular deer for six years. And sometimes it happens just the opposite. You know, it happens in yeah. one morning and just worked out worked out absolutely perfect. Tell folks the uh, the measurements, and I know there's a drying period, and we're waiting for that. But uh, the measurements of this new number one North America Pope and Young moose. It was a uh, 53 and two in two eighths wide, and it ended up scoring uh, 190 and six eighths. Wow, what an incredible animal! Uh, and when you do something like this, when you achieve something like this. It's really good to have a few buddies to to help because that's a chore. Oh boy, I couldn't have did it without them. <laughs> yeah. How did, how did how many guys came out to help and and how long did it take you? We had eight guys. Um, we, the moose actually went into some flooded back backwater and died, in, and uh, we were able to get to him with jet skis. And uh, yeah, we pulled him out to the main river with the jet skis and got him up on the sandbar. Yeah, took a bunch of pictures there and then. Tied him to a boat, and we were able to pull him back to the boat dock. About six miles took us five, six, seven hours total. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a good day's work, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, it was it's quite the chore. Incredible animal, and uh, like I said earlier, we've got the the picture of Rick and uh, and his moose uh, at uh, bbkoradio.com. You guys were aware of uh, of a couple of other uh, pretty healthy moose that were running around up there, and that was kind of what was in your mind. Uh, when you went yeah. out, you guys didn't have any idea that this guy existed, or had there been stories? You know, you got a big guy, you got the the top moose in North America walking around. That's hard to keep a secret sometimes. Had, had there been stories? You know, I I don't think I ever seen him, but we were watching these other ones from about one and a half miles away from a vantage point uh, where we could see the whole river bottom, and uh, I just couldn't tell how big they were. I knew they were good ones. I just don't don't know if it was if he was one of them or not, and I don't think so. Yeah, my goodness. Well, I tell you, a once-in-a-lifetime license in North Dakota to hunt uh, moose, so you're done. You you yeah. uh, cannot draw again, right? No, I can get an elk tag or a bighorn sheep once-in-a-lifetime. Once-in-a-lifetime, and, boy, if you're going to draw a once-in-a-lifetime tag, there's there's nothing more you can do with it. You, you fully fulfilled that tag uh, with the absolute best moose walking around in North America. And, uh, again, Rick, congratulations. What a great story. Yeah, thanks. Give us a good uh, moose recipe. You're going to have to learn how to cook moose now. Well, I got this thing processed already. And I had uh, it was 480 pounds of meat, and I got more sausage and steaks and hamburger, and, and you can it's going to feed us for a long time. Well, I, I know uh, seven or eight buddies that need to be invited over for a, for a good cookout. Yeah, come on up. I'm talking about those guys that helped you get that behemoth oh, up yeah. out of that river bottom. They've had plenty. Yeah. Hey, Rick, congratulations and thanks for sharing your story with us. Not a problem. What are the odds? <laughs> this corner of the camp house brought to you by Purina Pro Plan. Pro Plan performance in the purple sport bag. 30% protein, 20% fat for your bird dog. Pick it up at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. I have enjoyed not only our very special guests through the years, but 
our camp house regulars too, our pros with top-notch info, good stuff like, hey, Mr. Whitetail, Larry Wysoon. Larry, a whole lot of deer hunters, and, and I have been as guilty of this as anybody, are going to be in the blind when the sun comes up. They're going to be out of that blind by 9 or 10 because their stomach's growling, and they're going to be back in that blind after the ball game at 3 or 4 until dark. Are, are we missing the best part of the day sometimes? I think sometimes we are, particularly when we're talking about mature bucks. You know, over the years we've seen a lot written and a lot of talked about as far as patterning deer, but so very often we're out there trying to pattern deer, they're actually patterning us. I mean, they know where we're going to be. They're pretty much going to know when we're going to be there. So a lot of those mature bucks have a tendency to move during the middle part of the day. And that seems to be particularly true when there's a full moon at night or a, a, almost a new moon at night. There's a lot of activity that occurs during that middle part of the day. Generally, if you're hunting all day long, you may not see that many deer from, say, 10 to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But when you do, it's one of those bucks that you've been looking for. Years ago, we did a, a, a fair amount of different things in contacting people that had taken Boone and Crockett books and also Pope and Young and some of the record books and, and, and sat down with those that we could and says, okay, I want to know the actual truth. When did you shoot this deer? And the great majority of those really big bucks were shot from 10 o'clock in the morning till about 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, depending on where they were. That proves that when the cowboy game is on, deer don't own television. <laughs> You're exactly right. I mean, I love watching football, but I watch it at night because I can't be out hunting during the middle part of the day. If there's any way, I'm going to be out there. That, to me, is one of the best times to take a big mature buck. These days, you can take the football game to the blind with you. It's right there in your hand. Just don't forget turn the volume down or wear your earbuds. <laughs> Purina Pro Plan, there's a formula built for your dog, no matter the special condition. Itchy coat, intolerance to grain, hey, there's a Pro Plan for that. Pick up the Pro Plan at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Hi, I'm Walter Perry, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Screen that porch in just for you. Glad you enjoy it. You're in camp with Kinder Outdoors. Welcome back to Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder. Thank you so much for listening. Please drop us a note and let us know where you are and how you listen. AM, FM, Sirius XM, or maybe right there in the deer blind. You got the earbuds on? Wherever you get your downloads, wherever you get your podcasts, they know about us. Just tell them you want Kinder Outdoors and Hey, they'll send you that free weekly download. Got a note from Buck Potter this week. Hey, Billy, I really enjoy your show Saturday mornings. I live outside of Alvord, Texas. Keep it up. God bless. Hey, Buck, we're neighbors and didn't know it. I live outside of Alvord as well. How about Catherine Gert, Vandergrift, Pennsylvania? Good morning. I had to get up and look at the Pennsylvania elk cam you were talking about. It's in Benazette. About a three-hour drive to that area for me. It's more common to see elk in the parking lots and in people's backyards, <laughs> usually in the morning or evening. They're fantastic. Could never kill one, but I bet I'd really enjoy that roast recipe, elk roast recipe you guys had. Love listening to you guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Catherine. 
I appreciate the note. Attention RVers, we are coming to you from the Vineyards Campground and Cabins, beautiful Grapevine Lake, Texas, a million miles for everything and right in the middle of it all, of Dallas-Fort Worth, but you wouldn't know it once you get sheltered up inside the security gate, your lakefront cabin or campsite, 30 and 50 amp at every site, cable TV at every site, free Wi-Fi throughout the park, full hookups at every site. Our home away from home at Kinder Outdoors. I talk to people all the time that are enjoying the vineyards for the third time, the 13th time, the 18th time. Been coming for years and years and years. Here's a tip. If you want to spend a little time at this beautiful, award-winning RV park and campground on Grapevine Lake, Texas, make your reservations early. They book up, okay? We're revisiting some conversations that we've had over the years on the show today. And with the passing of Louise Shockey last week, it reminded me of a panel at Dallas Safari Club with Ron Spomer and Craig Boddington, Ivan Carter, Larry Wysoon, and Jim Shockey. And as usual, there on the back row, and as usual, there on the back row, quietly sat Jim's wife, Louise. Jim's uh, wife is out here, and we just want to know a couple of things. Uh, since we're on such a high professional level, does Jim snore? Uh, <laughs> do you think he's a little too personal, right, Louise? Hey, we call it purring. Purring. <laughs> he purrs. Oh my God. Jim purrs. I like that. So, like in the morning, Louise, you say, you know, Jim. Uh, you really were purring last night. Uh, you know, I don't you maybe... like the way that this whole thing's going right now at all. <laughs> this, is, this isn't part of it, is Please it? Please continue. Do you ever have to remind him to take the garbage out, or is he pretty good about that? Um, we kind of have separate things. We... He does. When I ask him, of course he does. But uh, he's usually gone so much, or we're gone so much, that it's usually not a problem. Okay. Yeah. I know you guys eat a lot of wild game. We eat a lot of wild game in our home. What do you prefer? What do you like? Got a good recipe you can share? Yes, I um, I, I love the I love moose and deer. That's basically what I cook at home for red meat. Um, ooh, I make a lot of. There is a. Um, I make a lot of things with it. A favorite, love? Uh, I like my moose ribs. That I cook, but she, Louise, everything she, she cooks, cooks is wonderful. Stir fries, the uh... <laughs> it's, it's the ribs. <laughs> he cooks one thing, and that's the ribs. That's the ribs. That, yeah. um, anything with I love the the burger for it's just so it's no fat in it, and uh, I, I I think if you mix it with uh, some good spices and a little moisture and oils and that, I, I it just it it's the best. We fed our our family and now our grandchildren and. Um, and we give it to people who can't go out and, yeah. and hunt. So uh, um, I think it's the best meat. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Uh, how about grandbabies? Do you have a positive opinion of grandbabies? Um, bring them on. <laughs> they're, they're wonderful. I finally found out what uh, all grandparents are saying. Oh, it's so good. It's because you can get things ready before they come, and then when they come, you can just be totally focused on them on the floor, go back to your child and go outside, you know, run through the grass, look at a flower. 
that's one of the beautiful things. The difference, you know, when a parent, you have to think, okay, breakfast, lunch, dinner, did I bring them to a show, you know, have I read them a book? Um, this is what I think makes uh, grandparenting so special. You just get into where they are, and it's so beautiful to see life again. And, and everything amazes them. Everything's new, the stuff we take for granted, you know. Plus, when they stink, Louise, you just hand them back to their parents, right? Um, Does Jim change those diapers? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no. Not helpful, Jim. No, no, it's, not, it's not my strong suit. I, yeah, the green stuff. So far, Louise is taking out the trash while you're letting the baby I know, stink. Well, while her snoring husband. Yeah, and I know, snoring. I know. Yeah, this yeah. is really great. Yeah. Louise, good to see you again. Nice to see you. Yeah. Beautiful and graceful, Louise Shockey. She and Jim would have celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary next year. Louise never smoked in her life, but did have a form of lung cancer. She fought a good fight, but it was that cancer that eventually took her life and took her from us. Louise Shock. Hey everybody, this is Casey Ashley, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it, with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Kinder, how'd you get in my boat? The 2024 version of the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Sporting Expo will be in Dallas at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center. The DSE Convention and Sporting Expo, one of the biggest conservation fundraising events in the United States or, quite honestly, around the globe. Registration is now open for the DSC Convention and Sporting Expo 24. Act now. Purchase your day passes and banquet tickets. Learn more at biggame.org. If you ever stop just once in West Texas at the very unique Herdware store and visit with the very unique Cecil Miskin, You'll make it a regular stop every time you pass by. We are on US-287, which is one of the oldest and most major U.S. highways still. We are 40 miles south and east of Amarillo. H-E-R-D, Herdware Store. We've got bison leather goods, vests, chaps, dusters, and bison hide coats, bison leather belts and wallets, bison leather shoes, art. We've got western artifacts. We've got native artifacts. The only way we can describe it is all things bison. If you're not interested in bison, don't stop. If you're interested in bison, come on and plan on spending 15 minutes to two hours and enjoy yourself. The only rule that we have in the store, and we've had it for many years, and we've only had one person ever break our rule, is if you're not having fun, we're going to ask you to leave. The most unique stop between the Gulf and the Pacific, Cecil Miskin and the Herdware Store. Herdware.net. Ken Kirkaby needs to be in your dear blind, camp house, or favorite fireside chair. An outdoor author that understands and lives the outdoors. In Red Stick 1, Florida game warden Virgil Clary takes off his badge to track down a killer in the wilderness. Christopher Camuto of Gray's Sporting Journal calls Red Stick 1 a tightly written novel of pursuit and redemption. A pleasure to read. Ken Kirkaby's books are gritty, realistic, and action-packed. The Tournament, Red Stick 1 and Red Stick 2, all available on Amazon. The Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. 
And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership. Attend a banquet. Bid on an auction item. Make an impact on top of the mountain. WildSheepFoundation.org Freedom Hunters. They say thank you to our very bravest and finest in a very special way. Uh, we're a 501c3 military outreach program. We take servicemen and their families out on outdoor ventures, mainly hunting, fishing, shooting trips all around the country and internationally, too. These trips are more than a thank you and a good time. Far more. It invigorates them. The healing comes out of it. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I started it just as a thank you, as a give back. I had no idea the therapeutic value of these hunts. I mean, it, it just it changes them. You can see it in their eyes. When they show up at camp, they're quiet and, and reserved. By the end of, end of camp, they're opened up and, uh, you know, chatting with other veterans. It's amazing. You can go on our website. We've got a donation button. Or just email us and say, hey, here's the opportunity. We'll fit a vet into that opportunity, whatever it is. Freedomhunters.org. Come share our campfire and a good story or two. Kinder Outdoors. Uh, Park City's Quail. Uh, made the announcement this past week. They always let us know who will be receiving the T. Boone Pickens Lifetime Sportsman Award. Always very impressive recipients, and again this year that is the case. Rex Tillerson will be receiving the Boone Pickens Award this time around. Uh, Tillerson served as the nation's 69th Secretary of State from February 2017 to March 2018. Rex Tillerson. This guy also was honored with the Boone Pickens Lifetime Sportsman Award. My dear, long-lost friend, Ray Sasser. The best proof for the creation theory of intelligent design lies in this irrefutable chain of facts. There is a bobwhite quail, there is a dog that points quail, and there is a 20-gauge shotgun. It's too perfect to be random. That's a quote from... Bubba Wood, long-time bird hunter and a very close friend of mine. Bubba's right. It's so perfect, in fact, that most serious quail hunters would rather go afield without a shotgun than without a dog. Some veteran bird hunters pay exorbitant hunting lease prices in order to exercise their dogs. Oh, they may shoot a bird now and then, but they mostly shoot because the dog expects it. They're like a ballet dancer who no longer pirouettes but lavishly supports the arts giving young dancers a stage to pursue their passion. At the Westminster Dog Show, there's a sporting breed category that includes pointing dogs. Though the dog show pointers and setters are so poofed up, they bear little resemblance to their hard-hunting brethren. Put a Westminster pointer in a West Texas quail field, and it would look as out of place as Paris Hilton working as a sonic car hop in Paris, Texas. One weekend during hunting season, I walked down the center aisle of a kennel loaded with real pointing dogs. The birds raised a deafening din 
as they lunged around their wire enclosures with such enthusiasm that centrifugal force might have held them in place had they known to run straight up the side and across the enclosed top. They weren't clamoring to be fed. They were aching with every fiber of their being to be taken hunting. Everything about their body language delivered the same message. Put me in, coach. Pick me. Pick me. I can find those birds. Bird dogs will endure indignities and hardships to make the A-team. Turn them upside down on a booting table, and they'll quiver impatiently as you tape rubber boots to their feet to protect them from grass burrs. Strap a beeper collar around their necks so you can locate them in dense cover, and they'll ignore the intrusive electronic beep, a sound as annoying as the backing-up klaxon sound emitted by heavy equipment. I've seen bird dogs perforated by porcupine quills, bleeding from thorns, swollen from snake bites, hobbled by grass burrs, ripped open by barbed wire fences, shot by careless hunters, gassed by skunks, mauled by feral hogs, and exhausted from running the equivalent of a marathon three days in a row. All they asked in return was a dry, relatively warm place to sleep, a meager ration of dog food, and enough clean water to slake their thirst. The very next day, they were anxious to do it all over again. I've been privileged to follow behind many good-pointing dogs. T. Boone Pickens once had a pointer named Ethel. He spelled it E-T-H-E-L, but her name should have been spelled E-T-H-Y-L, as in high octane. Ethel had the advantage of finding birds on one of the greatest quail ranches in existence, but so did her kennel mates. Ethel found more quail than the other dogs, and she looked better doing it. She ran with an elegant gait that made it seem like she was floating over the sandy soil. Once birds were located, Ethel had an uncanny sense of how to trail them without bumping the cubby. I don't think I ever saw her bump birds by pushing them too hard. When the iconic Pickens was asked by a business reporter when he first realized he was rich, the lifelong quail hunters answered, no doubt surprised his interviewer. I knew I was rich, he said, when I realized that I owned 35 bird dogs. Any good bird dog can smell quail, but the innate ability to work birds well comes from within the dog. It cannot be taught. It certainly can't be passed along by a guy with a whistle and no idea where the birds went in the first place. If Ethel was the best English pointer I ever saw, then Jack is certainly the best setter. Jack belongs to quail hunting guide John Cox, or vice versa. According to Cox, a horseback specialist who treats his horses like dogs, his dogs like children, and his hunters like barbarians, Jack was not a prodigy. When Jack was a pup, he couldn't pass up a porcupine, recall Cox, as our horses followed the muscular, rangy setter across the sand hills of the Oklahoma panhandle. I thought the dog was stupid, and he'd wind up blinded by porcupine quills. Then one day Jack had an epiphany. He pointed five cubbies in a row. Just like that, he came across another porcupine. He thought about tackling that porcupine, but it's like a light came on his head, and he suddenly knew what he was supposed to do. He left the porcupine and looked for more quail, and he's never tangled with another porcupine. That's Jack over there on the far hill, so far away that he's a white spot as he works back and forth into the wind. Cox lets the dog run that big because the graceful setter is a team player. Also, because arguing with Jack about where he should be hunting would be the canine equivalent of arguing string theory with Stephen Hawking. Jack slows his ground-gobbling pace and stops in a sort of tentative point, tail-wagging, looking across the hill toward our horses. What's he doing? I ask, unaccustomed to seeing a tentative point from the champion bird finder. Oh, he's telling us there's a cubby down the ridge from him, said Cox. 
He'll wait for us to get there, then he'll pin them down. We kicked the horses into a lope and quickly closed the distance to Jack, still wagging and looking over his shoulder. When we were within 50 yards of the dog, he started forward into the wind, moving cautiously for another 100 yards until he froze in a point that left no doubt the quail were right under his nose. On numerous occasions, I've watched Jack run with his various bracemates, and the result was always the same. The other dog was on Jack's team and occasionally pointed a covey. In other strings, Jack's partner might have been the MVP, most valuable pointer. But running on Jack's team is like swimming on Michael Phelps' team. There's no doubt who's the star of this show. Jack's running mate is like Tonto to the Lone Ranger, Chester to Matt Dillon, Scotty Pippen to Michael Jordan. Jack is so good, Cox sometimes wonders if his running mates are demoralized just to be on the ground with a dog they have no chance of beating. Here's another thing you can't help but wonder after seeing a dog like Jack or Ethel. Why would a scientist waste time cloning sheep? Sheep look identical and seem to reproduce just fine all on their own. If we're going to clone anything, for God's sake, people, let's clone these great bird dogs. At the very least, let's set up a loaner program so every quail hunter has a chance to hunt with a great dog. I once hunted with a true southern gentleman named Ben Parham. Ben is a builder in uh, LaGrange, Georgia, and speaks with a soft southern drawl. He grew up hunting birds with his father during a time when wild quail were plentiful in rural Georgia. Ben recalled a wonderful story that his dad told about growing up in a small Georgia town where it seemed like everyone owned a good bird dog. There were plenty of quail, and the bird dogs of that era got enough work on wild birds that most of the dogs were at least competent. On Saturday mornings, Ben's father told him, a guy who didn't have a dog could drive down to the town square around 8 a.m. There would usually be a bird dog or two roaming the square. At that hour, it was clear that the dog's owner had to work or had some other kind of family business to take care of and wasn't hunting that day. So the dogs just drifted downtown like migrant workers awaiting a day job. It was common practice just to open your car door and load up a likely-looking bird dog. You'd hunt the loner dog all day, then bring it back to the square and let it out when the hunt was over. It was also customary to stop and buy the dog a hamburger or some other juicy tree as payment for a job well done. Most bird dogs are like that. They'll hunt for anybody who will take them into a bird field. The most impressive points come when the dog is covering ground like a cheetah coursing a gazelle and suddenly turns downwind of a cubby. No Italian or German sports car can go from 30 miles an hour to a dead stop as quickly as a bird dog. They whip around in a contorted, mid-stride point, nose toward the bird's body pointed elsewhere. When a seasoned bird dog disappears into a plum thicket and doesn't come out on the other side, you'd better go looking for him. What makes a dog point birds when its predatory instinct must dictate that it chase the birds? What makes a bird hold tight to cover when threatened by what must seem like a different colored coyote. You may as well ask why planet Earth is a perfect distance from the sun and rotates on its axis in such a way that spring follows winter. It's too perfect to be random. It's Jace Robertson from Duck Dynasty. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Billy, if you don't sit down, those ducks are never going to come in. When Cinnamon Creek Ranch Wild Game Processing converts your venison or pork into breakfast sausage or ground meat, it's a hands-down hit. 
but step outside the box this year. Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing has sausages for every taste. I don't know, probably 30 or more. We have German, hickory, hot links, uh, jalapeno, cheese links, regular jalapeno, and cracked black pepper, Cajun sausage, all kinds of sausage. Our Chipotle and cheese is actually our number one seller. We just came out with a hatch chili and cheese summer sausage to complement our links. And we also have a uh, Frito chili cheese pie sausage this year, which is kind of off the charts, but the kids love it. So it's kind of one of those new twists. <laughs> Located just north of Fort Worth, Texas, Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. Experts with all wild game. Visit CinnamonCreekRanch.com. When we're not on the road hunting or fishing America, Kinder Outdoors calls the vineyards, campground, and cabins in Grapevine, Texas, home. It has everything I need to prepare and broadcast coast-to-coast and border-to-border each week. Full hookups, cable TV, and 50-amp service at every RV site. Strong Wi-Fi that's powerful enough to ship Kinder Outdoors to you, no matter where you are in the U.S. or Canada. Most importantly, I can walk out of my fifth wheel and launch my boat at the Vineyards boat ramp without ever leaving the gated property. There's a sandy beach, a fully stocked camp store complete with firewood, groceries, and even commonly needed RV supplies. Rent a golf cart to make your way around this giant park located on the shores of Grapevine Lake, Texas. Every single cabin and RV is lakefront or lake view, and you're just blocks away from Main Street Grapevine with fantastic shopping and dining. As you can imagine, the Vineyards Campground and Cabin stays pretty busy, so why don't you block a little time right now at VineyardsCampground.com. Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about the all-new Add-A-Hook by Bullet Weights. The Add-A-Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the Add-A-Hook next to your fishing line, then wrap the line five times around each side. Pull your line into the clips, and bam, you're ready to go, and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. Add a hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. Mr. Crappie and Bullet Weights has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Weights has a full line of Mr. Crappie double mental rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie Troll Tech rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, Never duplicate it. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com.
It is the dream of the animal rights fanatics to suppress your most natural connection to the earth. To sell you a life filled with urban fascinations. To ignore that death is life's unwavering partner. Together, creating a relationship between predator and prey that makes it possible for us all to survive. To the hunter, this world's most honest steward, these fantasies are the poisonous, perverted manipulations of social misfits who would take this planet hostage. They should startle you and awaken you to trust the hunter in your blood. You're in good conservation company with Kinder Outdoors. One lady has been a guest on this show as much or more than anybody else. Her name is Granny Bullard. Don't know who that is? <laughs> You're in for a treat. Hello, Miss Glenda. How are you? I'm just doing good. You look younger. Are you getting younger? I hope so. <laughs> That'd be good, wouldn't it? It sure would. For folks that don't know you, uh, I want to tell folks who Granny Bullard is. I first met you. Well, first I met your son, Glenn, at the, at, at the processor, at Cinnamon Creek Processing, years and years ago. And we got to talking. We were both there picking up a deer, and, uh, and he said, you need to meet my mother. And he was right. That's been one of the biggest blessings of my life, meeting you, and I, I just love to be around you. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Now, you didn't even start hunting until you were in your 70s. 77. My goodness. Why did you start hunting at 77? My husband had passed away, and uh, Glenn wanted to spend more time with me because I was lonesome, you know. And uh, so he came in with a crossbow, and I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> I said, what is that? <laughs> and he said, Mama, it's a crossbow. I'm going to teach you to use it. And he created a monster. Seventy-seven years old and shooting a crossbow. Yes. And you haven't looked back since, have you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you've been very successful. Think back to that very first hunt with that crossbow. Were you able to harvest an animal? Did you kill an animal that very, very first trip? Yes, I believe I did, a white-tailed deer. Okay. Yeah. And and so you enjoyed that, and I and you're a real good cook. I bet you did some good things with that deer. Wow, we did. Yeah. <laughs> the chicken fried steaks are wonderful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you said, I want to go again, and you just kept going. Yeah, we kept going. Uh, and then he found places for me to go, you know, to get other kinds of deer yeah. and all. So. And you don't just hunt with the crossbow. I know you do still hunt with your crossbow. I mean, it's bow season now, and you've been out hunting uh, already this year. Uh, but you don't just hunt with a crossbow. You use other, other means as well. Yes, I use a rifle. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, when folks come in your house and they can go, they can see the picture at my website, kinderoutdoors.com. But 
there's black buck on the wall, and there's pronghorn antelope, and there's a big old elk, and there's axis deer, and there's lots of whitetails, and there's turkeys, and all kinds of critters. Are those your son Glenn's trophies, mounts, or yours? Oh, they're not. They're my trophies. <laughs> my goodness, and how old are you now? I'm eight, uh, 88. That's quite a collection. In 11 years of hunting, 10 or 11 years of hunting, that's that's quite a collection. Well, it seems to attract a lot of attention when people come here. <laughs> oh, goodness. So the goal was to spend more time with Glenn, your son, and family time. And, boy, that's been a big success. It's been a blessing. Yeah. Yes, it has. That, uh, hunting has spent not only time together but quality time together in a deer blind when you're sitting there together that's not watching a ball game that's not distracted in any way it's together time yes it is yeah. you sure raised a fine son yes i did <laughs> I, ra I raised the best yeah i tell you i had three fine sons yeah. but this one has been such a blessing to me yeah He's going to make sure Mama doesn't get left behind. You, she, she's going to go to the deer blind and go out and have fun. He loves his Mama. Yes, he does. <laughs> and I mama. love my son. Yeah. <laughs> now, out of all those critters, let's talk about eating, okay? Okay. Which one of those critters tastes the very best to you? I like the axis deer. See, I fell in love with you the day I met you, and now I know why. We both love those axes, dear. Oh, man, they are so good. Aren't they good? I tell you, yeah. I fixed a meal here with, um, I, I don't believe that was an axis. It was the, the white tail. But I tell you, I made some gravy after I got, oh, it was to die for. It was so good. <laughs> What's the key to cooking wild game? Because you can't really cook it like beef, can you? You, you don't want to overcook it, I guess. No, you don't overcook it. But uh, I, what I do with uh, the chicken fried steak, I, uh, of course I wash it good because it has quite a bit of blood in it, you know. And then I put buttermilk on it to tenderize it, you know. Let it set in the buttermilk uh, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they turn out all right. Oh, yeah, I believe they do. <laughs> I don't have any left ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's, uh, that's a lot of fun. That's good. What's one of the more memorable hunts? I know that they're all special memories, but what sticks out? My elk. Yeah? Yeah. My grandson, that I know that's going to be one of the highlights of his life because he was so proud of his granny. <laughs> but uh, it was, it was wonderful. Uh, I just went down there and I used a shooting stick, yeah. you know. Whose shooting sticks do you use? Well, Jim Chalkies. <laughs> that's who. And I got it over at the Fort Girardi. Yeah, okay. out there it's close to mineral wells over yeah. there. Yeah, uh -huh. Very good. yeah. He fixes, he keeps my bows up for me. Okay, good. Yeah, and I pay him with banana pudding. Okay, <laughs> now, hey, and that's the best banana pudding on planet Earth, right there. <laughs> oh, well, you know, uh, you have fed some pretty famous people with your banana pudding. Uh, wow. 
Jim Shockey and Larry Wysoon and Craig Boddington and Ivan Carter, all those boys that like that banana pudding. I believe they do. (laughs) (laughs) So you started hunting at 77 years old, and you've had a lot of success, and you still enjoy it, and you still go. But you're on a walker. Does that make it hard? You, you have to have a little assistance getting around. I would think out in the pasture, that's kind of tough, or climbing up in a blind. Uh, it is a little tough, uh-huh. but we get it done. Yeah. Uh-huh. Glenn, thank God for Glenn, because yeah. <laughs> he, he helps me, you know, with this walker. And we go early yeah. to get in the blind uh, because I am on the walker. Didn't bother my arms any, and 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 you uh, you still are out there getting it done. You just shot a big old pig two nights ago, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, that was my second one. Uh, Second pig. Second pig over there at the Muir uh, Ranch. Uh Yeah. Uh Very good. Well, all of them are in trouble if you're in the neighborhood. I tell you that uh, for sure. How, How did it feel? When you got the call from us saying, hey, we want you to come join us on stage at the Dallas Safari Club with Jim Shockey and Larry Wysoon and all these big names from the hunting world. Well, I said, I don't have a bit of business being here, but I do thank you for asking me. And you were the star of the show. Well, I don't know about that, but I had some pretty good stories to tell. Glenda Granny Bullard just this summer placed second with her big buck in the Big Buck Contest that the Texas Trophy Hunters Association has done for years and years. (laughs) She's still going and blowing. Her picture with her big buck are at kinderoutdoors.com on the bragging board. Go check out Granny Bullard, the best banana pudding and hot and sweet pickles that you ever put in your mouth. Mm. A guy shot a moose in North Dakota, and it was an unbelievable hunting story. But it's true. We're going to hear it directly from Rick Elsington when we come back from the coffee pot at Kinder Outdoors. I'm Canadian moose guide Norm McCrae. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it. With Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Hey, the 2024 version of the Dallas Safari Club Convention and Sporting Expo will be in Dallas at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center. The DSE Convention and Sporting Expo, one of the biggest conservation fundraising events in the United States or, quite honestly, around the globe. Registration is now open for the DSC Convention and Sporting Expo 24. Act now. Purchase your day passes and banquet tickets. Learn more at biggame.org. Get off the beach and into the action. Enjoy world-class Costa Rican sport fishing with Carib Sea Sport Fishing, Marlin, Sailfish, Roosterfish, and more. Inshore, offshore, overnight, seamounts. Carib Sea Sport Fishing will work with your group to customize the perfect trip. Half day, full day, Every day. Your next getaway is the best ever. Take a look at catchafishincostarica.com. Catchafishincostarica.com. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Billy Kinder. If you've listened to me very long, you know that I depend on buffalo wool products to keep me warm in harsh winter conditions. But did you know that these highly effective buffalo fibers work equally well in the heat of summer? Their native range plants goes from Toke, Alaska, down past Mexico City. Ron and Teresa Miskin have three decades of weaving perfection from those precious insulating fibers of the bison. And they put them to the test on the world's toughest playground, Alaska. That's our field testing, the moose hunting. Um, there's so much that goes on up there. The big advantage of bison fiber, besides the insulation, is it's moisture wicking and keeping your feet dry, your, your body dry, and that sweat away from there reduces the bacterial growth, reduces any foot fungus or anything like that. Bison fiber in a cowboy boot will run three to five degrees cooler than a cotton sock. Take a look at the new line of cool, wicking buffalo wool for the summer. TheBuffaloWoolCo.com I didn't know buffaloes had wool. Yep, TheBuffaloWoolCo.com After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests, and um, we like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six, seven, eight groups. And we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these people get to walk. They get to see some country. Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free-range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit JoshuaCreek.com. The Quail Coalition has drawn the line. Quail decline stops here. South and West Texas and Western Oklahoma are the last strong natural regions for wild bobwhite quail. We've all watched the drastic decline across the southern states of the iconic bobwhite. The Quail Coalition has vowed to do all within human power to not only stop quail decline, but build a future where the quail will flourish across all of its original habitat. If true quail conservation is important to you, please visit quailcoalition.org. Consider a membership, attend one of our fundraising banquets, and please consider starting a chapter in your home state. Together, let's sustain and restore huntable wild quail populations. Let's encourage and educate interested youth. Let's keep the most brilliant quail minds on earth working on a bright future for our quails. The first step, visit our website, quailcoalition.org. The old camp house floor creaks a little, but don't worry. You're on solid ground with Kinder Outdoors. As we think back over the past 14 years that we've been doing this now, nearly 14, and all of the people that we've had here, one of our favorites has to be our good friend, Larry Wysoon. He's one of our pros on the show. Mr. Whitetail. Larry, a whole lot of deer hunters, and, and I have been as guilty of this as anybody, are going to be in the blind when the sun comes up. They're going to be out of that blind by 9 or 10 because their stomach's growling. And they're going to be back in that blind after the ball game at 3 or 4 until dark. Are, are we missing the best part of the day sometime? 
I think sometimes we are, particularly when we're talking about mature bucks. You know, over the years we've seen a lot written and a lot of talked about as far as patterning deer, but so very often we're out there trying to pattern deer, they're actually patterning us. I mean, they know where we're going to be. They're pretty much going to know when we're going to be there. So a lot of those mature bucks have a tendency to move during the middle part of the day. And that seems to be particularly true when there's a full moon at night or a, a, almost a new moon at night. There's a lot of activity that occurs during that middle part of the day. Generally, if you're hunting all day long, you may not see that many deer from, say, 10 to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But when you do, it's one of those bucks that you've been looking for. Years ago, we did a, a fair amount of different things in contacting people that had taken Boone and Crockett books and also Pope and Young and some of the record books and, and sat down with those that we could and says, okay, I want to know the actual truth. When did you shoot this deer? And the great majority of those really big bucks were shot from 10 o'clock in the morning till about 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, depending on where they were. That proves that when the cowboy game is on, deer don't own television. <laughs> You're exactly right. I mean, I love watching football, but I watch it at night because I can't be out hunting during the middle part of the day. If there's any way, I'm going to be out there. That, to me, is one of the best times to take a big mature buck. My better deer I've shot in the middle of the day, outside of the traditional thinking of first light, last light. Larry Wysoon, Mr. Whitetail, a trusted friend, good friend, good guy, biologist, wildlife biologist, world hunter, an all-around good old boy. <laughs> Rick Elsington, I heard about his moose hunt in North Dakota back in 2019, and I just was shaking my head reading the story. It's almost better than a Hollywood script. In fact, it is better than a Hollywood script. The Hunt of a Lifetime, it's a combination of an incredible hunt, a once-in-a-lifetime hunt, literally, and a lottery win, all rolled into one. Check this out. Rick, good to have you on the show. Thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Yep, no problem. Um, hey, what's your weather like in North Dakota uh, today? Uh, it's in the 30s. Pretty nice day out, actually. Yeah, that's a warm, balmy day for you guys this time of year. Uh, you never know what a day will bring. Uh, you you went out and shot just a, a mammoth moose, took this moose with your bow uh, a few days back, and uh, it turns out it's the new state record, and uh, first thing I have to say to you is congratulations, that's got to be pretty thrilling. It is, yeah, thanks, uh, I just got off the phone with Pope and Young, actually, and uh, I was going to order a plaque, and they said it's actually the number one in the United States, at number 49 in the world. Oh, that's my cool. word, oh, no kidding, double congratulations, yeah. man, that's huge. Yeah, uh, we've got a picture of uh, Rick and his new Pope and Young U number one in the U.S. Uh, moose. What species of moose uh, was this? It's a Canadian moose. Uh huh. And I guess you've been hunting moose all your life for a long time. No, uh, North Dakota. You, only, you can only get a once in a lifetime tag. Really? I've been hunting other other big game for the past twenty to thirty years now. So, how many times have you been moose hunting before this? Uh, never. Never. <laughs> I've, asked, I've helped other guys out. My uncle got a tag here five, six years ago, and I helped him get one. That was about it. Wow. This story just keeps getting better all the time, Rick. It's awesome. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the day that you took your, your moose, you weren't even planning to hunt, were you? It was just kind of a spur-of-the-moment deal? Well, I was headed out. We had been uh, spot uh, watching two other pretty good moose. And I was going to put a stand up in that spot, 
but our river bottom had been flooded, and it was just so muddy I couldn't get it in there by myself, so I was just going to wait for my buddy to come down. He was going to help me get it in there. This one was just standing on the bank when I was headed back up river. And uh, he turned and headed for the headed for the hills, and I knew of a back channel that I could go about a quarter mile away. And uh, I ran up that with my boat, beached the boat, and jumped out, and I could see him just coming through the willows. He had no clue I was even there. And he got about, I suppose, it was 10 yards inside the willows. And it gave me about a 25-yard shot through a like a basketball-sized hole in the willows. And I was able to get one into his chest and got along that way. Wow. Wow. What, yeah. a, what a hunt. You know, it, it, we're talking to another guy on the show uh, today. Uh, he shot the new state record, uh, West Virginia, whitetail with his bow, big, beautiful 17-point buck. And he had hunted that, that that particular deer for six years. And sometimes it happens just the opposite. You know, it happens in yeah. one morning and just worked out worked out absolutely perfect. Tell folks the uh, the measurements, and I know there's a drying period, and we're waiting for that, but uh, the measurements of this new number one North America Pope and Young moose. It was a uh, 53 and 2 in two eighths wide and it ended up scoring uh, 190 and six eighths wow what an incredible animal uh and when you do something like this when you achieve something like this it, it's really good to have a few buddies to to help because that's a chore oh boy i couldn't have did it without them <laughs> yeah how did, how did how many guys came out to help and, and how long did it take you we had eight guys um we, the moose actually went into some flooded back backwater and died in and uh, we were able to get to them with jet skis. And, uh, yeah, we pulled them out to the main river with the jet skis and got them up on the sandbar. Yeah, took a bunch of pictures there and then tied them to a boat, and we were able to pull them back to the boat dock. About six miles took us five, six, seven hours total. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a good day's work <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, it was, it was quite the chore. Incredible animal. And uh, like I said earlier, we've got the, the picture of Rick and uh, – and his moose uh, at uh, bbkoradio.com. You guys were aware of uh, of a couple of other uh, pretty healthy moose that were running around up there, and that was kind of what was in your mind uh, when you went yeah. out. You guys didn't have any idea that this guy existed, or had there been stories? You know, you got a big guy, you got the the top moose in North America walking around. That's hard to keep a secret sometimes. Had, had there been stories? You know, I I don't think I ever seen him, but we were watching these other ones from about one and a half miles away from a vantage point uh, where we could see the whole river bottom. And uh, I just couldn't tell how big they were. I knew they were good ones. I just don't don't know if it was if he was one of them or not, and I don't think so. Yeah, my goodness. Well, I tell you, a once-in-a-lifetime license in North Dakota to hunt uh, moose. So you're done. You, you uh, yeah. cannot draw again, right? No, I can get an elk tag or a bighorn sheep. Once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. And, boy, if you're going to draw a once-in-a-lifetime tag, there's there's nothing more you can do with it. You you fully fulfilled that tag uh, with the absolute best moose walking around in North America. And, uh, again, Rick, congratulations. What a great story. Yeah, thanks. Give us a good uh, moose recipe. You're going to have to learn how to cook moose now. Well, I got this thing processed already. And I had uh, it was 480 pounds of meat. And I got more sausage and steaks and hamburger, and, and you can it's going to feed us for a long time. Well, I, I know uh, seven or eight buddies that need to be invited over for a, for a good cookout. Yeah, come on up. 
<laughs> I'm talking about those guys that helped you get that behemoth oh, up yeah. out of that river bottom. <laughs> They've had plenty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, Rick, congratulations, and thanks for sharing your story with us. Not a problem. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. That is, that's what an incredible story. What an incredible moose hunt. Hey, we're all out of time, so I better wrap it up around here. Thank you for hanging out around our campfire this week at Kinder Outdoors. And bow season opens up this weekend here in Texas, so a lot of us are going to be busy out in the woods all weekend long. I hope you get out in the woods or on the water this weekend, too. I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time that we have together here in this camphouse each and every week and invite you to come on back next time around. Until then, may God bless you. And you're a bunch. <laughs>